Now, it's time for Sunday Funnies on Thursdays, the podcast, now on Fridays, live from the Hollywood and Highland Metro Station, with your host, local funny man and funny reader, Cornell Funny Comics Dude, Reed. That's right, we are still here right in the Hollywood and Highland Metro Station, Tinseltown, Hollywood, California, underground, beneath the streets, where there are footprints of many a Hollywood star and handprints. And there's also stars on the sidewalk, all above our head. I sure hope they're still there. I haven't actually gone outside of this metro station, uh, unless it's been to walk over to my parking lot job. Uh that's right. You can look for us on the streets of Hollywood. Uh, Brian Jr., or as I call him, Brian, and my producer, uh, and I, we are working at the parking lots. We'll be the ones with the light-up sticks, waving your car into a parking lot for a low, low price. Um, great deals. Great company. I stand by it. So please come park and, and talk to us. Give us a shout-out about the show. But yeah, right now we're recording live from Hollywood and Highland Metro Station. It's kind of our home base now. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> I don't know, it's not so much a metro station anymore as it is the headquarters for the organization that we are putting together of the monumental march on the L.A. Times. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone around here, this whole station is buzzing with excitement. We're all ready. To March. We wish it was today, but we are organizing and organizing, and it's going to take place April 16th. Come meet me and Brian Jr. in person. We'll be signing autographs as we march from Pershing Square to the LA Times building in demand of funnier funnies. We'll have signs, we'll have bologna sandwiches, and we'll even have a couple of two liters. Now, I can't promise the sodas won't be flat, but the funny pages are always flat in the L.A. Times. Because we, the people, are tired of reading the funnies with a straight face. I can't honestly remember the last time my sides were split by any comic strip on any funny page in recent memory in the Los Angeles Times. They shouldn't even be called the funny pages in, in that rag they call a newspaper they should call them the clunker pages, because that's what they are, a bunch of clunkers. I'm fired up, Brian is fired up, and we, as a generation, need to step up and make a difference. I've sat idly by and waited and waited, just wondering when are the rest of my generation going to stand up and say to the LA Times, enough is enough. Well, no more will I sit by and read these strips that lack the laughter necessary to be deemed a funny. It's time to make a difference. So organize, resist, and join us in marching on the LA Times. Because we may have been born losers, but we will die winners. Because this family is tired of the circus. We want to clear up those zits and get rid of those baby blues because Hagger is the only thing that's supposed to be horrible in the funny section, okay? It's time for better and no more worse. So stand with me April 16th as we march on the LA Times. That's right. We're bringing March into April, folks. We are just here organizing. And organizing and um, 
We're saving bread, whatever we can, so we can supply our hungry marchers with bologna sandwiches. And um, not only are we recording in this Hollywood and Highland metro station, but we're sleeping here as well. Um, so if you're listening and you live in the Hollywood area, why not stop by? Uh, it'd be nice to see you and meet some fans. And um, uh, also, before the march, we would love to get uh, some of this bologna in our refrigerator. Uh, you know, we don't want our fellow protesters' tummies hurting worse than their funny bones. You know what I mean? So um, please come by. Say what's up to me or Brian. Uh, help us help you with some delicious bologna sandwiches April 16th. Oh, follow me on Twitter at FunnyComicsDude or at Facebook.com backslash FunnyComicsDude for news and up-to-the-minute updates on our April 16th March. I can't wait to see you guys there. It's going to be a real fun, exclusive event um, only for our listeners. So, um, And, of course, our fellow uh, Hollywood and Highland Metro uh, visitors as well. I guess they're kind of listeners, too, as they wait for the train. They can hear us p-casting and talking about the p-cast in the march and they're all loving it i can tell um so so thanks for listening as you wait for your daily commute and um you know they might not show up in the download numbers but uh trust me they're there and they're huge huge fans so uh but you know any of you guys are watching and waiting for the train want to follow me on twitter or facebook uh at funny comics dude facebook.com backslash funny comics dude there's, all, there's a lot of funny goofs going on over there, and we're having a great time on social media, so um, please just check us out, you know, while you're waiting for the train or something, or when you're um, listening at home or at work with a friend. Tell some friends about the podcast, too, and um, help organize with us. We need your help. We can't do it without you. Um, it's, it's, this is a march about the people. It's not, just about, it's not just about Brian and I and me and trying to get listeners to this podcast. It's about the people. And it's about doing what's right for the people. And that's what we believe in. And that's what we're doing. And uh, we're working hard every single second to try and bring the people the laughter they so desperately need every time they crack open the Los Angeles Times. <clears throat> if you want an ad on our podcast, just Venmo at Cornezy, C-O-R-N-E-E-Z-Y, one dollar, and I will personally read anything you want me to no hate speech that's right it's really that simple one dollar to at Cornezy and your message is all it takes to be a podcast sponsor once again no hate speech all right let's read our ads uh today um our first ad it comes from andy erickson and uh andy erickson has asked me to read from her unicorn blog uh, a blog where she writes detailed reviews of unicorn images wow what a good idea, Andy, and what a good use of not only your time, but my listeners' time as well. I love unicorns. They are my favorite sassy animal. Listeners, uh, to see the image, go to unicornratings.tumblr.com or unicornebook.com. All right, let's get to it. Uh, here is Andy Erickson's most recent unicorn review, and I will attempt to read this in a fancy voice for Andy. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. Oh, and look at those knees. <laughs> this image reminds me of one of my favorite unicornian proverbs. Tis a dream come true to be needed by a unicorn. Tis a nightmare to be need by a unicorn. 
<laughs> a magnificent and meaningful proverb that has never rung more true than it does today. I would definitely not want to be kneed by this unicorn, no sir. Four knees of doom coming at you. <laughs> this gorgeous beast is a stunning knee-jabbing weapon that more powerful than anything the U.S. government has access to. More powerful than any government has ever conceived. And I love that the knee coverings look like fierce bubbles and I love the curvature of the talons. Incredibly creative and inspiring. The matching neck and midriff armor is captivating as well. It's important to protect your midriff. Uh, this unicorn knows this and I applaud him for embracing it. I enjoy the deep purple skin with the soft shadows made by the sharp lines creating a supple texture. Absolutely tantalizing. Oh, and the ears. I can't overlook the ears. Before I go, one last unicornian proverb about ears that point backwards. Tis a dream come true to hear with your ears. Tis a nightmare to hear out your rear. Thank you. Thank you. Don't hold the applause. Dashing eyeball, perfectly quaffed hair, enchanting beads of life radiating from the moonburst, sweet, sweet, swishy tail, ten stars. Thanks for listening, and good job reading, Cornell. You sure have a fancy voice. If you enjoyed this review, there's more. Please consider pre-ordering Andy's new ebook, Finally, Unbiased Reviews of Unicorn Images. It will feature over 50 original unicorn images created by a blessing of talented artists. Go to unicornebook.com today. Nay! Sparkle, 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 sparkle. All right, thanks, Andy. Uh, next up, uh, our new next ad comes from um, Paul Goble. So uh, check out Paul Goble's new podcast, Comedians Shame Eating in Drive-Thrus, available at thekingof.tv. Also, I'm a stupid jerk, and I smell like butts, and I like to smell my own butt. All right, thanks for that, Paul. Um, I do, uh, I, well, I have to admit, I do smell like butts, uh, being in this Hollywood and Highland Metro station. I don't remember the last time I've even seen a shower, except for in my dreams. Um, so, um, uh, he's right on the money with that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, next ad comes from Matt Lewis and it says looking for that perfect Mother's Day gift why not send two dollars to at the fun Matt Lewis in your mother's name his mom died two years ago and he needs tacos to dull the pain Oof! thanks for that Matt kind of an interesting ad to proclaim that you're well sorry about your mother anyway and um I hope you get tacos to feed the pain, and um, thank you for your dollar, because uh, that could have been a taco for you, I'm sure. <clears throat> All right, our last ad comes from uh, Rocco, uh, and he says, uh, A huge shout-out to my longtime friend and the funniest account on Twitter, at Pearl Jam Fan Club. Not an ad at all, just a plug for a top-tier account with thousands of very smart and funny tweets. Love you, buddy. All right, now that we got those ads out of the way, uh, I think it is time to shred some strips. 
and get ready to not laugh and prepare to march. All right, um, if you're new to this podcast, I'll fill you in on the kind of the uh, way I go about describing these podcasts. I will describe every panel, um, the visuals and the words, and uh, I start from the top left of the funny pages, work all the way down to the bottom right, and then I will go on to the next page. I will do my best to visually describe each drawing, and uh, I believe that you will feel exactly like you've read the funny pages. First up is Dilbert. Dilbert is written by Scott Adams. We got eight panels, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, a funny thing about Scott Adams is, is he believes that he himself is a master manipulator of people's minds, and he thought Donald Trump was as well. And so that's why he, he ended up supporting Donald Trump, because he recognizes a master manipulator when he sees one. And um, he also has like a, like a super young uh, girlfriend, and he just seems like an overall creep. Um, all right, so in the first panel of Dilbert, we got um, he's walking in his office, and he looks like he has some papers underneath his right arm, maybe a clipboard or something. And behind him is a is a coworker wearing a green shirt walking, and he's got a, a, a goatee, nice, nice, beautiful goatee. And um, he's walking behind Dilbert. Still no tie. I, I think the tie is just gone. I'm not even going to bring it up anymore because it's just a given that Dilbert doesn't wear this tie anymore. So um, I guess uh, good for you, Dilbert, for being a little more fashion forward. It is 2017. Time to switch out the outfits up. But, you know, just this red long sleeve button up, I don't know if it's really uh, doing it for me or for the ladies. You still don't seem to have many dates. Anyway, um, the guy behind him is wearing a green shirt. They all just wear the same shirts in different colors. So, I don't know. It seems like pretty stupid. Maybe probably just laziness by Scott Adams. Um, or maybe some unique form of manipulation that I'm not keen to. <clears throat> anyway, the man with the green shirt and the goatee. His mouth is open, indicating that he's the one starting this conversation off with Dilbert. And he says, did you read my email? And Dilbert says, no, it was too long. In the next panel, we have another shot. Now it's just head on. You see Dilbert's face and you see the man behind Dilbert. And now he's got one arm kind of up like he's like, like you were saying, like an I don't know, like that type of form is the way his arm is up. And he goes... Maybe you could read it when you have more time. And now Dilbert's walking through a door, uh, and the man is following him. And uh, Dilbert says, I never have time to read email messages that are too long. Now they're sitting down at a conference table in the next one, and, and uh, they're not sitting down yet, but they're pulling the chairs back to get ready to, to sit in. And then Dilbert says, maybe you could rewrite it to be shorter. In the next panel, they're both sitting down at the table now, and they're looking at each other, continuing the conversation. The man in the green shirt has his arm on the table. He seems pretty casual. And he says, I don't have time to rewrite it. And then Dilbert says, and I don't have time to read it. Now the next one is just a close-up on the green goatee man, and he says, if no one reads that email, it will mean I wasted two hours writing it. Now a shot of them sitting at the table again. And Dilbert says, plus... You're wasting my time right now. Don't forget to include that in your failure assessment. And the last one, they're still sitting there, and the guy's now kind of looking down at his own feet. And he said, I had high hopes for that email. And Dilbert says, 
It's a sunk cost. Let it go. No, thanks for that, Dilbert. Um, <clears throat> unusually extra bland, Dilbert, this week. So thanks for that. Uh, now we go to Doonesbury by Gary Trudeau. Uh, Doonesbury, uh, uh, I just have to say, does not, the opinions expressed in Doonesbury do not necessarily reflect the opinions Brian or I have uh, personally or the, the opinions of this podcast at all. I'm just uh, relaying whatever his messages are. And I'm not saying I disagree. You know, I'm staying apolitical in this situation. Gary Trudeau takes sides wherever he can. And most of the sides don't make any sense. So they got up first. We got um, uh, a lady with black hair. They're, they're sitting at, a, at like a, a lunch outside or a brunch maybe. They're sitting at a restaurant. There's, there's three of them. There's a lady with black hair and what I assume is a, a lady with blonde hair. Yes. And, uh, and then a man with brown hair and glasses on the bridge of his nose. We've seen him before, but I still have no idea what his name is. Alan? I don't know. Anyway, they're sitting at a restaurant and the black haired girl's drinking wine. The, the blonde haired woman with the scarf and the white sweater, she's got a sandwich and a glass of iced tea. And the, uh, the man's got a glass of what looks like iced tea as well. And the girl with the black hair says, I mean, really? Our dams are crumbling and he still wants a wall. The blonde haired woman goes, even though more Mexicans now leave the U.S. than enter. And the man says, uh, ladies? In the next panel, it's just a closer up shot of the man. You see the back of the black haired woman's face. And the blonde haired woman is looking at the man now. And he says, do you think we can have a conversation that doesn't always circle back to Trump? Now the black haired lady and the blonde haired lady are, uh, you only see them and they're both talking. And there's some diners in the background. And black haired lady says, um, well, sure, we can do that. Blonde haired lady says, yeah, there's lots we can talk about. Like, um, you know, the black haired lady and the blonde haired lady talking in the next one. And uh, you see the back of the man's head. And black haired lady says, I know. We can just stay on. Oh, no, that would lead to. Blonde haired lady says, how about. No, no, he'd be nothing but subtext. Now's the shot of them in silhouettes. They do that a lot in this comic, too. There's always one kind of panel where it's just a silhouette for some reason. I don't know if the lighting changes every week drastically, but all of a sudden they're, they're all black in silhouettes, I think. He just gets tired, maybe, of coloring them in and decides to make them all black to save time. Um, why not just do that for the whole strip? Because really, who cares, Gary? Who cares? <laughs> All right, the black-haired girl goes, so, um, in the last panel, um, they're still talking, and the black-haired lady goes, uh, nice weather. And the blonde-haired lady goes, yeah, too nice, thanks to Clyde. And now the man is looking off, and he goes, check, because she's going to talk about climate change, because she's going to circle it back to Trump, and he's tired of talking about Trump. And, um, you know... I'm tired of Doonesbury talking about Trump at all uh, as well. So maybe just one more reason why we must, must march. You know what? I think what I'm going to do this week to really show you what's going on with these strips is I'm going to read you the bad ones. I'm going to show you just how bad it really gets and see why our action is a necessity. 
So here we go. Let's dive into Get Fuzzy. There's a lot of words in this one, and I'm sure it's not gonna end with two words, ha and ha. First panel, we got a cat. And he looks like he's in a drawer of some sort. This is the cat that's always there, the white and the black cat, and then the dumb dog. He's there too, and he's got like a, a blue sheet wrapped on his head, like almost over his eyes. It look, kind of looks like a wizard's cap, and he's got like a blue sheet wrapped around his shoulders, kind of like a cloak. And the cat says to him, I, I, the cat looks like he's in a closet. Yeah, he's in a closet in what, the bottom dresser drawer, just kind of hanging out. And he's looking at the dog, and he says, what are you, a crayon? And the dog says, oh my, I LOL at your suggestion. And then the next one, the cat, you see a close-up of his face, and he's looking at the dog, and the cat says, you what? The dog says, LOL, laugh out loud. Finally, someone's explaining to us what LOL means. Thanks, Darby Conley. Uh, so the next one, we got the cat, She's in, he's in the bottom drawer, and he says, but you didn't L out L, you just said L-O-L. If you said I L to my S, I would now have to S the H up. Now the dog is walking away from the dresser, and he says, if you must know, I'm going to a costume party. And the cat says, what color are you? Unreliable blue? Liar lack? We're only halfway done, folks. Um, and the next one, we got the, the, the dog. He goes, I'm not a crayon. And the cat goes, Durple? Next one. Dog goes, I happen to be dressed as Dumbledore. And the cat goes, Trust me, you're a dumb whatever you dress as. And then the dog has thrown the sheet on the cat. And the cat says, Oop, I'm in a Dumble drawer. Oh, my. And the dog, who has thrown his shawl but still has his blue wizard hat, says, Voldemort sent an owl. He wants his bad manners back. Oh, man. And then we have the cat in the drawer. And he says, oh, look out for the Dumbledore. And then off the screen, uh, off the panel, we hear it. We see a wham that, you know, is coming from off the panel in a purple bubble and it's written in yellow. And the dog says, ow. He walked into a Dumbledore. So, you know, uh, if you like that strip, then maybe you're not needed at this march. But um, if you are sane and you have ears, then, yeah, we need to do something. Because that is just not acceptable. There were about 75 jokes in that one comic strip, and not one was even remotely chuckle worthy. All right, this one is actually not bad. It's Pearls Before Swine, and sometimes, you know, I feel like they got a pretty good batting average in terms of uh, the Sunday comic strip. So, so Pearls Before Swine, I feel like. Um, you know, you truly are a pearl amongst swine. Uh, Stephen Stefan Pastis brought us some fireworks, brought us some good laughs. And this one um, is an interesting one. It's one of those big pictures that's, that's um, and it says, Pearls Before Swine Enterprises presents, What's Wrong With This Picture? Find All Ten Things. And we've all seen these little puzzles in the funny pages before where they has one big picture and you have to pick out 
all the things wrong with it. And then at the bottom, written upside down, are all the, the things wrong that you pick out. So, it's a picture, this big picture, and there's a painting hung upside down of a bowl of fruit. There's a grenade flying in with a pin out. There's a dolphin drinking a beer. There's a shoe with a fish in it. There's a baby in a toaster. The rat is upside down on top of the pig's head. The crocodile has a peace necklace, big, a big gold necklace with a big gold peace medallion. And he's kind of flying in the air. There's a, three groundhogs getting ready to jump in a hole. There's a orca holding a croquet mallet. He's got a little chef standing on his nose. Three bowling pins in the air. There's a pig through a window that's underwater swimming. A goat standing next to two cups of tea. And there's a man with a hand coming out. You just see the hand coming out, but I assume it's the man, probably Stefan Pastis. He currently, he, he, he puts himself in the comic strip a lot. And he goes, what's wrong with this picture? Find all 10 things. Answers, number one, it's not funny. Number two, it's poorly drawn. Number three, you spent part of your day doing it. Number four, the dolphin thinks Stefan's pun strips are funny. And five, Stefan gets paid for doing this. And six through ten, other things. See, at least he uh, acknowledges that his trip is not funny. And he's one of the funniest ones out there. So good for you, Stefan. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us some sort of joy as we journey through these funny pages. All right, next up we got La Cucaracha by Lalo Alcaraz. And it's a... It's called Titan's Bar. Um, it looks like it's the outside of a bar, I assume. And, uh, and it says, no mas out front, which means no more in Spanish. I Google translated that for you, the audience. And it's the Titans. It's got a picture of a Mexican wrestling mask on the sign. Uh, looks pretty nice. And uh, next one is a bartender, and he's holding a, a knife. And there's another man with a Mexican wrestling mask, and he's holding a cup. And there's three other cups knocked over in front of him. He looks pretty drunk. There's a little whirlwind over his head. And it says one up top. And then you see a, a little voice bubble coming from the bottom behind the bar that says, more drink. I have no idea what the hell that means. <laughs> Uh, La Cucaracha. See, this is the ones I skip. These are the ones I usually don't read to you. So, um, you know, this is why we need to take action. I'm just trying to bring it to your attention. And hopefully, after this podcast, you'll be so disgusted with the state of our comics. You will join us April 16th on our march from Pershing Square to Los Angeles Times Building. Uh, action is needed. Action is needed. And I think that's abundantly clear. Because guess what? We're dipping into Leo now. Yeah. I'm not even going to skip Leo. Buckle up, folks. I'm sure a barrel of laughs is coming your way. And yes, I am being sarcastic. All right. Leo. We got uh, a, it's a Mark Tatuli comic. And it's four panels. And we got um, a spider climbing through his web. And there's a fly stuck in his web. And the spider's climbing towards that web. And then the spider takes the fly and, and wraps it up in uh, its web. You know, just wraps it up like a mummy almost. And then in the third panel, the spider is holding a sign that says, Spider's Rule. 
but spiders has a Z at the end of it because he doesn't know. You spell spiders rule, but he doesn't know it's the S at the end. And he's got a big spider smile on his face. And then the last panel is Leo. Uh, he has been videotaping the spider web. And he looks mildly annoyed that the spider pulled out a sign that said spiders rule. And that's the whole strip, folks. <laughs> Why? What? What is he thinking when he's drawing this? Is he getting enjoyment out of this? Who is getting enjoyment out of this? Hey. If I was Leo, I would jump off a bridge. All right. Now we're going into mutts. I would definitely skip this one. Uh, I'm and um, it's so mutts. This is a it's drawn like it's on its side. It's been flipped horizontally. It's been flipped 90 degrees to the left. So uh, you have to kirk your head just to read it. And um, it it's there's raining and cats and dogs are falling from the clouds. And there's two squirrels. One has a big question mark coming out of his head, and the other one says, "Not literally." Come on. You gotta just be phoning it in. And who at the LA Times is editing this strip and is like, yep, that one's going in. Top of page two, please. Can't wait for these readers to get a load of this one. Have you ever thought if they were literally raining cats and dogs? Give me a break. All right, I'm skipping Blondie because I don't want you guys to get that much enjoyment. Um, and Zitz, let's go to... Um, no, Baby Blues is too cute. We're skipping it. Marmaduke uh, is always too funny. No way are you guys getting Marmaduke that this week. If I just read Marmaduke, you hailed it's the greatest podcast to ever be in existence. Because Marmaduke is a bona fide classic and should be the number one strip we see every time we open. Not just the funny pages, but the newspaper in general. I'm talking A1. I want all Marmaduke. Uh, all right, next up, I'm going to read Brickley City for you guys. Um, this is by Scott Stantis, so you know who to direct your anger towards. And it's the cat and the girl, and they're sitting on top of like a, um, I don't know, you can't really tell. It's like, a, I think it's one of those things in the desert, kind of like um, those weird um, uh, rocks. And uh, there's some cactuses next to it, and there you see the back of their heads, and they're looking at a huge explosion, like a, like a nuclear bomb explosion. And uh, the cat is saying to the girl, Man, some folks cannot take an April Fool's joke. So uh, I guess the joke here is that someone has nuked something very close to them because they couldn't take in April. I don't know who they're referring to, if that's supposed to be like a Trump thing or Kim Jong-un. Maybe they try, they pulled an April Fool's joke on. Uh, who knows? Who can make science of that one? Scott doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about. I'm going to email him. I'm going to email him. I see there's an email right here. PricklyCity at gmail.com. I will email him and I will follow up if I get any response whatsoever. If not, guess what? He's getting another email. And so we go on to Drabble. Yeah, you know how I feel about Drabble. And now you're going to get an in-depth look at why I dislike Drabble so much. It's by Fagan. We got Drabble here. I assume his name is Drabble. He's, he's sitting at a restaurant with a woman, his wife, I assume. 
she has her food and her drink, and his food is being served by his waitress. And uh, he's got a napkin tied. No, he doesn't have a napkin. It's just a Hawaiian shirt that looks like it might be a napkin tied around his neck. Anyway, his food is getting served, and he goes, wow. And he says, I need to take a picture of this meal and post it on Facebook. The next one, he's got his phone out, taking a picture. In the next panel, he's standing up with his phone on the side, and he's taking another picture of his meal. Then he's sitting down, and he's tapping more on his phone. And then in the next panel, he's sitting down. He's still tapping on his phone, and it says little box post above it. And then in the next panel, he starts finally eating his food. And in the last panel, his uh, wife has finished her meal, and he is handing his plate back to the waiter and goes, This food is cold. So, in case you missed the joke here, Drabble took so many pictures of his food and was so busy posting it on social media that his food has gone from warm to cold. Um, he... Um, is, I don't know if he has a popular Instagram account, um, but he looks far too old to be really messing around with any of that stuff. So, um, you know, who knows these days with social media? He could be a Ken Bone type of figure or something like that. But um, either way, um, not very funny. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to Foxtrot, everyone. Foxtrot by Bill Ammond. If you can see, uh, if you, you can hear... In my voice, I am losing a bit of enthusiasm. Um, I have been using a lot of my enthusiasm organizing this march, and it's hard to um, get any enthusiasm going for such horrible, horrible strips. So uh, I am still recapping them for you, and I'm recapping you the worst, but um, I'm doing it with as much vigor as humanly possible when reading such bad strips. So here is Foxtrot, everyone, by Bill Ammon. And Foxtrot, you know, is known to give a chuckle or two, but... But I've also been known to skip it a bunch because this boy is a huge nerd. Starting out in Foxtrot today, we got a dragon and it's asleep. And there's a little princess on top of a castle. And on top of it, it, it says in like an old, old scroll, it's rolled up. It says, once upon a time, there was a beautiful princess who lived in a tower guarded by a dragon. And now there's a, there's a prince there with a sword and a shield walking up to the dragon. And the princess has a bunch of hearts over her head. And, and, the prin and then it says, One day, a handsome prince came to slay the dragon and rescue the princess. So, the dragon ate him, the princess cried, and called the dragon names. And <laughs> we got the prince is in the dragon's mouth. The dragon's cheeks are bulging because the prince is in there. And his sword is falling to the ground. And the princess is crying and she says, Stupid dragon! The next panel says, So, the dragon ate her also. <laughs> now, the princess's legs... Are sticking out of the dragon and he's standing over the castle because he just bit her. And the next one it says, Eventually, word reached her father, the king, who ordered his entire army to fight the dragon. And now there's a whole bunch of, there's the king and a bunch of soldiers behind him. They all have spears and swords and stuff. The next panel says, So the dragon ate them too. The end. Now the dragon's asleep and he's really fat because he's full of all these soldiers and people in his belly. And uh, the last panel is uh, that nerdy boy reading to a lizard. And he's got a book in his hand. And now he's looking back at the girl who walked in. And, she sa and he says to her, Quincy sleeps better when I read him happy bedtime stories. And the girl says, you are so weird. She holds a pop in her hand. And Quincy, I assume, is the lizard's name. But hey, you know what? Not bad for a foxtrot. I'm pretty happy with that one. You know, you guys... Uh, every once in a while, one of the bad ones drops a gem, and and if 
if Bill Ammond, if more people could take a page out of his book this week and start making their drabble into Marmadukes, then hey, we'd really have something. You know, we'd get some momentum going. You know, I know all these artists have it in them to, to give us something that can make us chuckle. Just try. You know, it feels like they're not even trying. The raining cats and dogs? Are you kidding me? Uh, all right. Well, speaking of not trying, uh, this is Jumpstart, starring Joe and Marcy. Uh, and this is by Rob Armstrong. Um, of course, there's no email or contact information on this one. He probably is in hiding because so many people are out for his head. Um, they start out here on the Santa Monica Pier. Uh, beautiful place. Uh, would love to go back there. I lived underneath it for years. And uh, we have a bald-headed guy with his dog walking in. And he said, oh, that thing? It's called a Ferris wheel, Marshmallow. The next one, and this up close, the, uh, it's a Ferris wheel. And there's a man with a backwards hat who works there. And he's looking up at the Ferris wheel. And he's saying, how did that guy get his dog up there? And the next one, the dog and him are on the Ferris wheel. And he's going, <laughs> ever tell you I'm petrified of heights? And the next one, there's cops out now pointing at the Ferris wheel. And the guy says, uh-oh, we've been spotted, Marshmallow. And um, now the next panel, it's him on the phone. And the dog's looking down happily. And he's still on the Ferris wheel. And he goes, hello, Marcus. Uh, got a little drama here, man. Now it's like a very far back exterior shot of the Ferris wheel. And there's some people walking. There's some tents and stuff like that. And uh, he says, I was walking my dog on the pier. Now the local 5-0 are all excited. And then it's a close-up of him on the phone. And he says, what did I do? You'll laugh when you hear this. Hoo-hoo. The next panel, he says, I got my dog onto the Ferris wheel when nobody was paying attention. And the next panel, he's not talking on the phone anymore. He's talking to Marshmallow's dog. And he goes, he's not laughing. And the last panel uh, is a cop. I assume it's Marcus. He's um, hanging up the phone. And he's talking to a girl. Uh, and he's, he's, he's at the office, I guess. And he says to the, to the woman, Your brother just bailed Delray out of a Santa Monica jail. And that's the end. So the boy who got his dog on the Ferris wheel went to jail for putting a dog on a Ferris wheel. I don't know if that's a jailable offense, but um, hey, who cares, right, Jumpstart? Just make it all up and leave the jokes out. That's your motto. Thanks for that. Once more, is probably the closest to being somewhat funny this week uh, that I've ever seen Jumpstart being, and yet still doesn't make sense. And um, now, oy, 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 here we go, non sequitur by Wiley. Oh, man. Okay. We got a dragon pushing a wagon. Uh, actually, it's more of a dinosaur. It's a fat thing. It's purple, and he's pushing a wagon uh, through the Wild West for some reason. And in the next panel, he's sleeping, and everyone in the in the uh, wagon is sleeping, and now there's Vikings on top of a mountain for some reason in the Wild West. And one Viking, you know, they're, they're kind of surrounding him on either side surrounding the, the dinosaur in the wagon. And so one Viking says, so what do you think, Olaf? Raid them now? And the other Viking said, well, there's the old Viking saying, you should let sleeping T-Rexes lie. And in the next panel, 
dinosaur walking with the wagon on its back. And it's snowing now, and it's, you're walking by a sign that says, Now leaving Donner's Pass. Come back soon. And now the dragon is walking up to the Golden Gate Bridge with the wagon. I don't know why I keep saying dragon. It's a dinosaur. It's a poorly drawn dinosaur, so who cares? It could be a dragon. I don't think it really matters. And uh, they're at the Golden Gate Bridge now for some reason. And the uh, wag people in the wagon are saying, Woohoo, we made it to the Pacific Ocean. And now there's a girl with her laptop sitting in bed with a mug next to her. And she's sitting in bed with a horse who's sitting in bed next to her. And she says, And that's how America was settled. And the horse says, I've got to admit, history reports are a lot more entertaining in the post-truth era. Oh, boy. Way to nail that one. So we're in a post-truth era. And I wonder if the horse sitting there talking to her in bed has anything to do with this. Or if that horse is a regular character. I don't know. Um, but, man. Come on. This is, this is just awful. April 16th. Remember this. Remember this for April 16th because I really don't want to have to do this much, much more. We got two more comics that are bad, and uh, then we'll be done with this. And then you should be fired up. You should be pissed off like I am to go get ready to eat some bologna sandwiches in front of the L.A. Times building with Brian and I as we shout and we fight for what is truly right. Here is Canderville by Darren and Bell. And uh, Canderville starts out with a guy and he's wearing an all green outfit. It's kind of the main character. This uh, African-American fellow. He's standing with his friend uh, who's got a glasses and a big nose and a red sweater. And uh, the, the main guy says, you realize we've been fighting in Afghanistan for 15 years now? What he said, the war's old enough to get a work permit. The next one he says, the war's old enough to get married in seven states with parental consent. The next one he says, the world's old enough to be held criminally liable for breaking the law. The next one he says, it's old enough to roll its eyes at its parents and think they don't know anything about anything. The next one he says, the Afghanistan war is old enough to have read Orwell's 1984 in which he wrote... The war is not meant to be won. It is meant to be continuous. And in the next panel, the other guy he's talking to, or yammering at, on and on and on, finally says, wait, we're still in Afghanistan? And the guy says, the war is old enough to Google that quote and find out Orwell didn't really write that. Okay. Um, once again, that's what, there's a one, two, three, four, five, six jokes in there. All duds, all clunkers, the clunker pages, doing it again. Every week they do it on the LA Times, Clunk City. Uh, yeah, if you hear those clunks, no, that's not the Metro coming to a stop. That is the strips delivering clunk after clunk of bone rattling, no laughs. Uh, our last comic of the day is Fraz, especially terrible. So uh, here comes Fraz. We got a girl, she's looking out the window. And she's she's biting her nails. And then the next one, she's scared because she sees lightning out of the window. The next one, she's holding her face almost like she's screaming. Her mouth is wide open. Her eyes are wide open. And you hear a big boom in the background. 
The next one just kind of just uh, has a blank look on her face. You know, nothing's going on out the window. The next one, nothing's still going on out the window. She's putting her jacket on. The next one, she's outside and the wind is blowing and there's a, a bird flying away. And there's lightning striking outside and there's a squirrel holding onto one of the trees for dear life. And she's got her poncho and her rain hat on. And the next one, she's coming back inside and she says, thanks for the inspiration to an old lady. And the old lady has a, is saying question mark. I don't know. It happens a lot in comic strips where they just say question mark. I don't get what it... Uh, maybe it's just like a huh? Huh? Anyway, the last panel, you got the girl, and she's talking to the janitor guy who shows up every time. It must be a dirty school because he's always cleaning. And um, she says, Then I remember my dad saying, Mrs. Olsen is no spring chicken. And the janitor says, Ah, well, at least the janitor gets it. Um, I guess, oh, I guess because she's not a chicken, but she's because she was brave enough to go outside in the middle of this horrible lightning storm. And since it's spring, you would be chicken to not go out. But she's not a spring chicken because she is facing this storm. Um, and really, she's just endangering herself and could have been electrocuted by lightning. And that there's nothing funny about that, folks. And that is it, folks. All the strips that are not fit to print, yet still are totally printed by the editor of the Los Angeles Times. Uh, these, all these strips need to be axed and thrown in the garbage and, and shredded and burnt and never see the lights of day again. And if you want to commit to bringing real change, not only to this podcast, but to the enjoyment of millions of readers everywhere and listeners, then come March Brian and I, this April 16th, from Pershing Square all the way to Los Angeles Times, we got signs, we got bologna sandwiches, we got two liters. It's going to be the march of the century. So thank you for listening. Good night. Good night.